Welcome to church tonight. It's great to see you. And uh, we want to say happy Mother's Day to you. So if you're a mum um, or if you have a mum, we just uh, want to uh, welcome. If you are a mum, we want to say happy Mother's Day. And if you have a mum, we want to just pause for a moment to give thanks to God for our mums and pray that they would continually continue to be those or become those who would really uh, be more and more after God's heart in their, in their lives as well. But I hope you've had a great day. I hope you've enjoyed ringing your mum or letting her know uh, that you love her. Um, we certainly did that this morning and um, had a great service this morning acknowledging uh, mums and all they do. I just want to let you know this week, a real dear man in our church passed away and his funeral was Tuesday, John Holdenson, and we had that service here. And um, yeah, we're going to miss him, but um, it was a great time of us affirming his faith in God and and, and we'll let you know that. And if you have your news sheets tonight, I want to just point you to the girls' getaway. It's only a month away, so if you're a girl, this is just a great um, getaway. It doesn't matter what age you are. Um, it's a great opportunity to get away. And we're talking about getting, having a passion for life is what the focus is of that weekend. And it would just be really good to, to get along. It's only at Poor Punker and it's only a month to go. So get stuck into that if you're a girl. There's lots of things you can do if you're kind of looking for things to get involved in. Um, just in the news sheet this week, there's opportunities for you to sing, play, you know, use your gifts if you have instruments that you play or uh, are able to sing. If you're a, a guy and you really have a heart for young people, then uh, you know, we're looking for people who would lead a D team. Um, we, we just would love you to continue to think, do I love Jesus? Have I committed my life to him? Then how can I serve and use the gifts that I have in this place? Just like a family, we all do our, our parts. We do the dishes or we do our things around the home. We're in God's house. It's great to use our gifts. So take that and look at that and think about any places where you could use the gifts God's given you to serve him. I want to let you know tonight is, uh, this is the second week in May and it's May Mission Month. And on our missions table as you leave, uh, details about the projects that we have for this year. And just reminding you that this year, on the last day of, of May, we're going to take up an offering, uh, both morning and night, and you'll be able to give uh, to missions for the year. And you'll be able to give a pledge amount as well as a cash amount you'll be able to do. But what we're asking you to do this, this year is to think, what am I going to be giving to missions for our church's mission work this year? And, and to be praying about that. And then come and give at the end of the month. And we have some projects which we're giving to and which, we, which we're wanting to be able to fulfil. And we'd love you to consider that this, this week. So next, next week, we'll be having more and more details of those as we lead up to the 31st of May when those are given. Hey, tonight, hunger for God is what we're looking at. And we're continuing through the series. So if you'll turn with me to Psalm 63. Psalm 63. We're going to be looking tonight at having a hunger for God. And we're looking at you know, true worship and, and what it means to worship God tonight. And it'll be great just to uh, look at this together. Next week, James Punton is going to be sharing uh, at night. So he's going to be talking to us from Psalm uh, chapter 2. So uh, that'd be great for you to have a read during the week and come prepared for that as well. So here's Psalm 63. And my little heading says, The Psalm of David, when he was in the desert of Judah. 
Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I praise you as long as I, I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips my mouth will praise you. On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. They who seek my life will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God's name will praise him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. Let's pray tonight, church. God, we come together, your people, Sunday night service at Wodonga Baptist Church. We lift up our hearts. God, we earnestly seek you. We thirst for you. We long for you. And God, we pray that tonight as we worship you, that we would know you more deeply, that we would know you from the very depths of our being. And God, tonight, uh, our prayer is that as we leave here, God, we will have a clearer picture of who you are and that we would know you more deeply. God, on this Mother's Day, we want to thank you for our mums and we just pray that for mums who are here tonight, that they would know you more deeply. God, in their daily uh, working and the, the things that they do, um, looking after uh, young children or, or encouraging older uh, children. Or, God, whatever the mums do here, would you help us, help them to really live each day looking to you for strength, for wisdom, that they would be guided by you and they would be women that stand firm and strong for you. God, pray for this uh, girls' getaway, that that would be a great day and a great time for women that weekend. Speak to them through that, Lord. And God, tonight our hearts are open, our ears are ready. God, would you speak to us through your word as you have through the ages to to men and women, speak to us tonight, God, because we're those who thirst, who thirst for more of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Joe. Uh, it is an amazing thing, preaching, isn't it? Um, opening God's word and uh, someone 
speaks and God speaks to us. And uh, as we do tonight, let's just continue to pray that God would speak through his word as he does and that he would touch our hearts. Uh, one of the um, biggest, greatest passions in, in my life is helping people come to know God. Um, helping people to not only come to know him, but grow deeper and deeper in love with relationship to him. Uh, so that might, they might know him personally. In fact, it's, it's the kind of thing that I have just given my whole uh, direction of my life for, for the future. If I can help people come to know him more, if I can be a part in helping them understand God more, that just brings me great joy. Isn't it true that your greatest joy in life can sometimes, on the flip side, bring your greatest heartaches? And some of the greatest heartaches I've had in my life is seeing people who uh, once displayed outwardly um, signs that they really loved God deeply. But through conversations and discussions, uh, you come to understand that the love that they had was based on false pretenses. You know, they kind of had a picture of faith which was about faith in God and maybe even understood some things about God and even uh, believed some kind of things about God but never really knew God. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, there are sometimes people find themselves loving God and, and saying, I love you, God, I really love you, but then something changes in the situation. And they feel that this God who they loved could not quite love them if they allowed them to go through what they allowed them to go through. And so their love for God changes based on what he's able to do for them. Now, other times there are people that say, I love, I love God because he saved me from hell, you know. But really what they have is going to God because they're afraid of what they're going to miss, what's coming to them, not because they love God. And you see the difference in that. And so God becomes someone who saves them from hell rather than someone that they love. And I think sometimes we can come and think that we know God, but really what we've come to believe is something about him. And if we base our faith on anything other than knowing God through faith in Jesus Christ, we can get in big trouble. And we can start to think that, you know, if church doesn't operate this way or if this doesn't happen, then, you know, I'm not going to follow God anymore. Today... This psalm, I think, is so key for us as a church. Wodonga District Baptist Church, Sunday nights, talking about the hunger of God is so key. Because in the, it, it gets right to the very heart of what it means to be a true worshipper of God. I think this passage, if we open our hearts to what God might say to us tonight, will really help us to know what's most important as followers of Jesus. The psalm begins in Psalm 63 saying it's a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. And if you have a look at the psalm, verse 9 
Um, it, it, it shows that it says, they who seek my life. So David is, is having people seeking his life and it seems he's a fugitive uh, and he's running in the wilderness from somebody. And it seems that someone's chasing him in the wilderness. So we get that from the heading and from verse 9. And so when you start to think about David's life, you start to think, well, when could this be? And you think, well, remember when David was fleeing Saul, who was King Saul, who was trying to kill him. And you think maybe it was there. But then as you look at the psalm, you look down the bottom of Psalm 63, verse 11, and it says, but the king will rejoice in God's name. And it seems that David is king at this time when he's writing this psalm. So then our mind goes, well, when was David king and fleeing in the wilderness? And our mind goes to when uh, David was, being, was fleeing Jerusalem because his son Absalom uh, was revolting. And he was, he, was going, he was trying to kill his own father. So Absalom was trying to kill David. And so David fled Jerusalem. If you look in uh, 2 Samuel 15 and verse 23, it tells us that David fled the city of Jerusalem and he crossed the brook Kidron and he went into the wilderness. And it seems that this would be where this psalm was taking place. David fleeing for his life as his son Absalom, his very own son, is trying to kill him. What a terrible situation to be. And in this situation, you would think that uh, David, perhaps in a cave, perhaps afraid, would be one who was crumbling. But here we see what a true worshipper of God looks like. In the midst of these uncertain situations, he shows that he's a true worshipper of God. Look at verse 1. He says, Oh God, you are my God. Immediately as we start the psalm, we realise this is not someone who's just crying out randomly to some deity that God doesn't know, uh, that David doesn't know. He's crying out to a God who he knows. He says, God, you are my God. You are my God. I know you. I have a relationship with you. You have a relationship with me. And, and from this verse, it's obvious that David was not someone who God didn't have a relationship in. And the longings that he has show that he was personally acquainted with God. You are my God. It's a personal cry. It's a cry of one who's longing, who's crying out. And I think this is the foundation of the whole psalm. To start off this psalm and and say, this is someone who's just crying out desperately to God. No, this is someone who knows God and loves God and is a true worshipper of God. And that's the foundation for this whole psalm. In a time of dryness. In a time of wilderness wandering, when David's emotions were swirling around, he calls to the God who he loves and who he knows. You are my covenant 
relationship God. You, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the one who I have put my faith and trust in. I am your child. You are my God. Tonight as we begin the psalm and looking at it, the question that we've just got to ask is, have you come to a point in your life where you can say, God, you are my God. You are my God. Do you know God? I mean, do you have a personal relationship with him? Uh, do you know the way to know that for sure? Is just to know that Jesus Christ is the only way to have a relationship with God. Uh, see, the Bible clearly says in John 3.16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. True life only comes through knowing Jesus. Many people think that if they go to church a lot, <laughs> that's how you get to know God. Many people think that if they uh, come along and put their trust in God, then that means that from then on, if they just say something, God will look after them for the rest of their life. Many people think that if they read the Bible a real lot, that makes them a Christian. Uh, but we know from God's word that God says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Do you know God through personal relationship with Jesus? Because it's only through him that you can come to know God, know him personally. This is how this psalm begins. Oh God, you are my God. And that is an affirmation that David says strongly. He says, you're my God. Many people love church. Many people love the people in the church. Many people love the preacher or they love the music or they love anything else, the supper. But they don't really love God. They don't know him. And the most important thing about what we do is help people love God. That's what it's all about. That's why when Jesus came and he was asked, you know, what's the most important things? He said, well, the most important of all the commandments is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And tonight, that is the priority of true worship. True worship is to know God and to love him. And David demonstrates that he is a true worshiper of God, a man after God's own heart. Because in the cave, when his son is trying to kill him and he's fleeing in desperation, he cries out, you are my God. The question is, whatever you're facing, wherever you are, is that your cry? You are my God. You are my God. You know what I think tonight? That for true worshippers of God, there are really two times in our lives that we face mostly through our lives. And one, we're either thirsting for more of God. Like we kind of feel like, the vision of God is far and distant. You know, we, we, we know uh, that he's close and he's near us, but we just don't feel it. And so we're in a kind of times of dryness or hardness and, and we're thirsting. We're longing for something that we haven't already got or we don't feel that we have right now. So there's kind of, that's the first time we're kind of thirsting. And I think there's times in true worshippers' lives where we're feasting. When we're Knowing God, 
personally, where all the things that we've longed for, he's speaking to us, he's leading us, he's guiding us. We're hearing from him regularly. We're serving him and we're seeing him work in our lives greatly and we know him deeply and dearly. Thirsting or feasting. And I think the challenge is for true worshippers of God to know that when you're thirsting, it's, it's okay. <laughs> and when you're feasting to plunder what God's doing. And look at here, start of Psalm 63, we see David begins in this time as he addresses God thirsting. He's just thirsting. Uh, look what he says uh, in, in these times. And I think what we see, first of all, when you're thirsting, a worshipper who thirsts, firstly, desires God more than anything else. When, when you're thirsting and, and you're, you're wanting to be a true worshipper, the first thing is to desire God more than anything else. And look what David says here. He says, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. He's earnestly thirsting. He's longing in a dry and weary land. So he's crying out for what he's longing for. And do you notice what he's longing for? Not for more great singing or great preaching or even more things to go right in his life. Look what it says. Uh, God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. I want to know you. I don't want to know more about you. I don't want to know more. Uh, you do things, you know, know more of the things that you do for me. I want to know you. And I'm longing for a deeper relationship with you. People, true worshippers, when they're thirsting, desire God more than anything else. I mean, today you might be feeling, gee, seems like it's a, a long time since I've really felt him close. Look at what David did. He just thirsts. He hungers for God. And he cries out to him, longing more and more of him. Look what it says in verse 3. He says, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. As he's thirsting here, he's showing that he desires God more than anything else. It, this, you know, because your love is better than life, this means that David wanted God more than anything else in life. He, more than life himself, David wanted God. That was his thirsting was such. So it means that he wanted God more than all the joys in this life. For us, it would mean, you know, I want God more than my family. I want God more than my health. I want God more than my food and then friendships, then job satisfaction, then distinctions in uni, then, then profits, then books, then skateboards and music. I want God more than beauty, than sunsets, than cafe lattes. I just want God more than anything else, more than life itself. And when, when David says your love, oh God, is better than life, He's not denying that those things from God aren't good and that they're not beautiful and they're not fantastic. He's just saying, I want you more than any of the things you can do for me. I want more than any of the good things you can give me. You're more important because you know what happens? When we put the things God does for us above God, we become idols. 
idolaters of the things that he gives us rather than worshipping the God who is so much more than the things that he does for us. So in the thirsting time, this true worshipper David you know, says, I long for you, I yearn for you. Your love is better than life. And what he's showing is that he's just desiring God more than anything. You know, sometimes when we feel distant from God, we try and do things to bring him closer, like, you know, get really upset if the worship's not right or get really upset if someone doesn't come and visit us or if our friends don't talk to us because we try and quench our thirst with other things, you know. We think that if something else would happen to us, that would quench our thirst. David has no mistake. He has known God before and he knows that only God can quench his thirst. So he focuses right in you, O God. I earnestly seek you. I long for you. My body longs for you. Don't be mistaken. Nothing else can quench your thirst but God alone. And he cries out. As he's thirsting, he not only desires God more than anything else. I think the second thing that he does, true worshipper, is that he remembers in the dry times, the, the times when he's feasted. So here's David in a cave in a dry and weary land thirsting. And so what he starts to do is that he starts to remember the times when he has feasted on the good things of God. Look what, he, look what he writes there. He says, I've seen you in verse 2. He said, I've seen you in the sanctuary and I've beheld your power and your glory. He's thinking about the temple. He's remembered when he was with God's people and he was worshipping and he was praising God and when God spoke to him and, and he saw him with his power and his glory and he, and he experienced God close and he came to know him. And now, as he's far from that experience, he's remembering it and he's bringing it back and recalling it and it's giving him strength now in his thirsting times, the times when he's feasted. When, when you're thirsting and you're feeling that God might be far off and your vision of him wasn't, isn't quite what you had hoped it would be, I, I think in those times it's so important to remember the times where God has spoken to you and God has worked greatly in your life. Do, do you know, we so quickly forget, don't we? I mean, some of you and I have been here week after week for, you know, maybe a year, two years. You know how many times we walk away sensing God has spoken to me so clearly? You know, when we've sensed that God has said something that's been just for you or just for me, I think what David would have done is, is thought about it, remembered it, written it down. You know, this morning we, we were challenged to, to remember, it's to slow down. Don't be so hurried, you know. And, and I was challenged, I felt God saying, you know, Jonathan, ha have some times of solitude more. Spend times when you're just savouring and still and with me more in solitude and silence. Yeah, and I can just say, that was great, God. You know, forget it. Or I can, you know, kind of write it down. Think about it. Say, God, you spoke to me today. What, what a joy it is to hear from you. I, I'm not going to waste this time when I think you've spoken to me. I'm going to write it down and think about it. 
And you know, every time when you come and you hear God speak to you and you're challenged by him through his word, don't let it slip away. Write it down, dwell on it, remember it, think about it and let that be something that gives you strength in your times of thirsting. David, in a cave, far away from the temple, I remember you. I remember the times when I met with you in the sanctuary and I saw your power and your glory. I'm reflecting it. I'm bringing it. I don't feel it here, but boy, I'm bringing it up and I'm remembering it. How often do you think about the time you first came to the Lord? How often do you think about the times when you first realised that Jesus had died for you? you know, how, how often do you think about the times when it really just clicked that God wanted to know you personally? And he sent his son to die on the cross for you. And that, that now you have a relationship with him. Uh, isn't it wonderful just to think through those things? That's what he does. In the thirsting time, David desires God more than anything. And he also remembers in the dry times, the times when he really was feasting. Why don't you each week... As you go home on Sunday nights and you, and you get to bed and you think, God, what did you speak to me about tonight? Because I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss what you're saying. I want to be able to uh, remember that and think about it and allow you to keep talking to me. Maybe it's a time through one of the songs where you really sense God pressing on you, part of the truth of his character. Write it down. Think about it. And third thing is he's thirsty. He actually, I think, makes a commitment. He recommits himself to keep God first for all the days of his life. So here he desires to put him first. He remembers the times when he, in, his, in his thirsting times, in his dry times, what God had done. And here he now commits him. He says, for all of my days, for the rest of my days, look what he says in verse 4. I will praise you as long as I live. God, I might not feel it now, but I'm telling you this. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. God, I have experienced you in the past. I know that you're real. And so in my time of thirsting, I am going to commit myself that for the rest of my days, I'm yours. I'm going to look for no one else to fulfill my thirst. I'm going to praise you for the rest of my days. And there... I can imagine him writing that cave, you know. Maybe there were people around watching him as he was writing it. But he opens his hands. And I think he probably, you know, said, I lift up my hands. And perhaps he was, he was holding them out like this and just symbolising with his body that he was wanting God to come and quench his thirst. God, I know you. You're mine. I'm yours. God, I remember the times in the temple when you've shown your power and your glory. God, I'm going to follow you for the rest of my life. I'm going to praise you forever. I'm lifting up my hands in your name. Quench my thirst. Fill me, God. I'm ready to receive. You know, some of the saddest things, I think, for us is that we kind of 
can get in a way where we feel far from God, but we don't first. We kind of think that's sometimes just normal. It's just the way it is. And sometimes we can go for months and months thinking, oh, well, God's not speaking to me, but he mustn't really want to. haven't heard God prompting me or speaking to me through his word, but, you know, that's, I guess, God just doesn't want to speak. I think someone who is a true worshipper of God, who's known him, who knows that he has this thirst, has this longing. I think tonight David's challenging us to have a hunger for God because out of everything, everything that we exist for as a church, yeah, it's great to meet one another. Yes, it's great to, to, to gather together and have fun and fellowship. But the thing that we want to do is know God personally. That's what thriving's all about. In the midst of dryness, to be thirsting and longing and waiting. You know what I think happens in this cave? David gets to this point. He says, God, I'm yours. You know, I remember that. I'm hungering. I'm, I'm thirsting for you. And I think... What starts to happen is he moves from being someone in a phase of thirsting to a phase of feasting. I think God starts to really fulfil his thirsting and his longing. And I think there are times in our lives where we'll be hanging out for God to speak to us and we'll be saying, speak to us, Lord, please, and we're longing. And then there are times when God comes and he says, you know what, Uh, you're thirsting and you're longing for me and here I am. I'm speaking to you. I'm guiding you. I lived in Melbourne and and growing up there when I got to age 10 or 12, we had a kind of day I'll never, ever forget. My mum and dad, someone else's birthday or something, but a whole group of us went to the Swagman. And the Swagman restaurant was out at Ferntree Gully. You know what was great about the Swagman? Your parents just paid for you and you walked in and there was just food everywhere. And you could just go get whatever food you wanted, go back, eat it, go back, go and get more. You know, you didn't pay for how much you uh, ate. You just could eat everything. And so at 10, 12 years old, you know, I loved soccer, cricket, I was active, you know. This was just fantastic. So I didn't even have to eat Brussels sprouts. Mum and Dad said, you can eat whatever you want. You can choose. So I would just go and pick all the things I loved and then I could have ice cream as much as I want, donuts as much as I want. I just remember thinking, this is just the best day of my life so far. And it was unbelievable. I remember just eating so much and just being so full that it got to a point that I'd never really experienced in my life before where I couldn't eat another thing. You know, it was just fantastic. And I think when David starts thinking about this, he, he kind of is crying out and saying, God, I'm thirsting, I'm hungry. And I think he says at this time, I'm coming into a time where I'm sensing you speaking and filling me. He says, my soul will be satisfied as with the richest of food. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. I think David begins to start to feel the savouring of, like like savouring beautiful food. He starts to feel God satisfying him, meeting his need. He experiences this feeling 
of knowing God's presence and feeling that God is with him. And I think he starts to sing. He starts to praise God. He says, you know, I, I sing with singing lips. My mouth will praise you. I think just like me at the Swagman, you know, this, this deep feeling of God filling him completely comes and he's filled with joy and he sings. He's just lapping it up and enjoying it every moment. You know, I, I think sometimes for us, we, we, come to, we forget that God wants us to really enjoy it and worship him. I don't think there should be holding back. You know, it's kind of like we've got to be... You know, uh, God wouldn't want us to have too much joy. But remember what's happening. We're worshipping God. And when he's speaking to you and when he's uh, revealing himself to you and, and you're opening God's word and, he's, and you know, you're feeling God's presence so close to you and you're finding a deep joy in your spirit because God is right with you. you know, he never left you in the thirsting time, but now you just sense him so close and you're feasting. Well, don't feel bad about it. I mean... Plunder it. Lap it up. Feast. Get all that you can from God and his presence and glory. Give glory to him and, 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 and enjoy him. I think that's why David says, on my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. And sometimes when you're feasting on God constantly, you wake up in the middle of the night and the first thoughts are, oh, God, I love you. I praise you. I'm awake. In the morning, you get up and you think, gee, God, what are you going to say to me today? And you start devouring God's word. And I think this is what's happening for David. You know, he's in bed, maybe in this cave. He lies down and in the middle of the night because he's been, you know, praising God and thinking about him, he starts to get up and he starts to meditate on God and think about him. And he's just filled with this joy. He's feasting on God. I remember you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of night. And then he says, because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. My son is trying to kill me. I'm fleeing from Jerusalem, but you are my God. I, I, I trust in you and I'm feasting on you. I'm feeling your arm of protection around me. I'm feeling that I'm sheltering under your wings. And you know what? I can sing. I can sing because you're my God and I know everything's going to be all right. It's kind of like, you know, Paul said, for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. You know, like if I die, it's okay because I get to be with Jesus. It's fine. If I live, I'm still with Jesus. I can sing no matter what happens because my trust is in him. I'm kind of like I'm under God's wing. He's taking care of me. If I die, I die. But I'll be with God. I can sing. I can sing. And I sang last week, didn't I? You don't want me singing every week when I get up here, do you? Great. So, <laughs> but you can picture him just delighting. And here, here is this true worshipper of God who's gone from thirsting to feasting and delighting in God. And he says, because... You are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. And then he says, my soul, in verse 8, clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. He's on firm foundation. God is his God. 
He knows the living God. And he says, my soul clings to you and your right hand upholds me. My footing is sure. No matter what life brings, I'm safe. God's with me. What a place to be. Don't you think this is thriving? I mean, it doesn't matter if it's dry or wet, if it's stormy or if it's sunny. He's worshipping God. Even if he doesn't feel God's presence, he's, he's thirsting for him until he feels God's presence and he's feasting on him. And God has just got his heart. Oh, gee. Just longing for each of us to know God above everything else. So that through sickness, maybe cancer or an operation that you might face or a friend that hurts you or lets you down deeply, you can sing in the shelter of God's wing. You know, you lose your job and you say, it's okay, my, uh, you know, his love is better than life. You know, I have his love. It's okay. It's okay. You know, when, when you're feeling like you're right in the midst of despair to say, God, I'm yours, you're mine. I trust in Jesus. I'm, my faith is secure. I belong to you. And right through it all, God's right hand about upholding us. Part of our, our vision is thrive. You know that. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. And we've got some statements. And one of the statements is, we worship God no matter what the circumstances are. David's a thriver. We just long that each and every one of us would thrive. Not because the music's right. Not because the preaching's good. Not because everything else is going just perfectly so then we can worship God. We want to be a kind of church that thrives no matter what. Because when we don't sense him close, we're thirsting after him. And when we do sense him close, we're feasting on him. And we'll rejoice. When we do that, whoever seeks our life, verse 9 says, doesn't matter. God will take care of them. People that oppose us and, and don't want to do what God's calling them to do, well, then God will deal with those. But we will rejoice. The king will rejoice, David says, and all those who swear by God's name will praise him. And the mouths of liars will be silenced. Walking with God, following him for the rest of your days is the best thing that you can do. Tonight, just as simple as it is, you might be going right through the hardest times right now. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're far from your home here studying and you're finding it very hard. Maybe you're in a relationship that's just sort of broken up. Maybe for you, you, you try and you've tried and you've tried to read the Bible, but you're just finding it hard. And tonight, you might be in a thirsting time. Just look at what David did. Remember what he did. And start doing that this week. You know, crying out for him. If you belong to him, tell God that you're his. Remember the times he's spoken to you. You know, start... Start singing. If you are feasting, lap it up. 
when there's going to be times in your life when you will be thirsty. Make the most of it now. Plunder it. Spend time, long times with God, enjoying the beauty of it. If you don't know Jesus, then you can't have a relationship with God. Because it's only through Jesus Christ that you can be saved. And what David knew through covenant relationship with Abraham and what he had faith in with God, today we can have faith just through faith in Jesus Christ. He's died on the cross so that our sin can be forgiven and so that through faith in Jesus Christ we can come to God. The barriers have been pulled down because Jesus Christ died. All that's waiting is for you to say yes, to say I'm sorry for my sin. I'm turning from it. I'm I'm putting my faith and trust in you, Lord Jesus, so I can come to know God. If you haven't done that, tonight is the best night to do it. I mean, it's just by saying yes to God. I'm turning from my sin. I'm turning to you. Thank you for forgiving me. Give me this new life. If you'd like to do that tonight, it'd be great to talk to you afterwards. It'd be great to talk to somebody else tonight, and they could do that. It's the only way to live. And you'll know that God's love is better than life. You'll experience it, and you'll be his. Let's pray tonight. God, we're your church every single one here who has put their faith and trust in you. We are your people, God. We belong to you through faith in Christ. And tonight we want to say that for times when we're feeling you're not close, we want to thirst. And times when we know that you're with us, we want to feast and help us to live the rest of our lives trusting in you for the rest of our days, singing, lifting our hands, praising you because you're sheltering us. You're watching over us. We give you glory for who you are, God. We give you praise for who you are. We thank you, God, that you are our God. And we love you. In Jesus' name. Amen.